Hey, my name is Bill. And my name is Danny. And we are a, a couple, couple of park, park hoppers. hoppers. With the pandemic still going on and our fellow park hoppers needing to spend most of their time at home, we decided to switch it up a bit this week. Think you've exhausted all your television viewing options over the course of the last eight months? We're going to run down our favorite streaming content we've discovered and enjoyed on Disney+. Plus. Let's, Let's hop, hop to, to it. it. do love turning on Disney Plus and, you know, scrolling, finding something to watch. There's a lot of scrolling going on in Disney Plus. There's, there's so much stuff. So much stuff. And so much good stuff. And right from day one, there's been a lot of really good stuff. For real, though. Like, the day that Disney Plus dropped, it was like, how am I going to watch all this stuff yeah, all at once? for real. Especially with all the, the Disney classics and pretty much every Disney movie you can think of and most of the Marvel movies and most of the Star Wars movies were just some of the content that was there and then, then we didn't even think about the original content that was coming very very soon so even now i feel like we've barely scratched the surface of like some of the stuff that we've like grew up with or stuff that maybe we didn't grow up with but is available right now on disney plus yeah, it's crazy but one of the reasons that we decided to talk about all of this is because one of the things that a lot of people have been doing while they've been trapped inside is watching a lot of tv yes not only is us it too. yeah us too. Not only has it been a fantastic escape from all the crazy that's going on and all the scariness that's going on in the world, but um, it's also a way just to spend time together and enjoy new content that's coming out. And right now, you know, you know, unfortunately, some cases are still going up in different spots. And so it's kind of a good idea to spend some of your time at home as opposed to trying to get out. Especially in places that other restaurants, um, you know, different establishments don't have the kind of security measures and the kind of strict measures that places like Disney and Universal and SeaWorld do. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like we've said a million times uh, over and over again, you know, we do feel very safe at Disney. But when you go to different stores and different restaurants, like Danny was saying, you almost don't feel as safe because they aren't actively you know, wiping everything down right in front of you, and they don't have hand sanitizer everywhere. And it is, it's, uh, it's, it's very interesting to go places outside of the parks to see what the differences are. Right, and I'm a so I'm a dog trainer, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> um, but uh, at my store, a lot of times we have people come in like without their masks. We have to right, tell them to yeah. put their masks on. We're not taking temperatures. And it's so important now, especially in retail, like like where Danny works. Uh, especially now with Black Friday coming up and the Christmas season coming up and everyone's going to be want to be going out and shopping. And it's so important to take those measures now. Right. Like they're, they're doing some things, but like there's only so much they can do because people aren't afraid of getting kicked out of like a retail store. Right. They're afraid of getting kicked out of some place like Disney. Yeah. But, um, you know, for me, I definitely feel like, uh, you know, luckily I get to train my classes and I can tell my classes and be like, hey, <laughs> wear your mask over your nose and mouth don't make me tell you again <laughs> like that's literally what i say in my yeah. first class i'm like hey i already have to tell this to people all day please do not make me tell you we're eight months into this folks like why why are we still questioning this right just do it but overall we want to make sure that if we're going places that they're safe they're following lots of protocols they're making sure that you know the people who are going there are safe places like disney universal SeaWorld, but not everybody has those 
And honestly, we don't need to be at the parks every single no, day. Not when we have not. full-time jobs right now. But one of the things that we get to do is we get to watch Disney+. Plus. Yes. And uh, there's lots of stuff. We actually came up with a pretty comprehensive list for you guys. Uh, for things that you, ha if you may have seen them already, then great, watch them again because they're so good. Um, otherwise, if you haven't seen them, definitely check them out because they are going to be personal recommendations of ours. Yeah, we want to make sure that you guys have things that when you are home at the end of the day or stuck at home and can't go anywhere, that you are able to watch these things and really just enjoy your time at home. So right. take it from us. Here are some absolute gems that disney has put on their service so so in in ranking no particular order you know we this is just the list we came up with and this is the list we decided to go with but the first one that i could think of for original content on disney plus that i really really enjoyed and i cannot wait for more of it was the imagineering story so good uh the the one thing that i really wanted when I heard that Disney Plus was announced and Disney Plus was coming, was behind-the-scenes park stuff, because that stuff fascinates me. And it's few and far between that you can actually get that outside right. of a place legally. like Disney Plus <laughs> legally. <laughs> There's lots of illegal information out there, or leaked information, but no, nothing that Disney put out professionally as a documentary or anything like that, except for a few things here and there. But the Imagineering story was really like a deep dive into... The magic that is Walt Disney Imagineering. Absolutely. Now, why don't you um, tell us the description about the Imagineering story? Yeah, so w what we did is we, uh, we have the official descriptions from Disney Plus for each of these contents. And uh, we're just going to read those to you guys. And it's this one here for Imagineering Story says, Behind the magic of every Disney theme park lay mud, sweat, and fears. Creating happiness is hard work. For nearly 70 years, a unique blend of artists and engineers called Imagineers have cultivated an impossible notion from the mind of one man, Walt Disney, into a global phenomenon that touches the hearts of millions. Given unprecedented access, Academy Award-nominated filmmaker Leslie Iwerks leads the viewer on a journey behind the curtains of Walt Disney Imagineering, the little-known design and development center of the Walt Disney Company, to discover what it takes to create, design, and build 12 Disney theme parks around the world. I love that. Now, tell me, I think for everything that we are talking about, we're each going to explain why we decided to put this on our list. So why did you put this on our list? Like I said before, anything behind the scenes, park stuff, you know, whether it's, you know, hearing from classic Imagineers like, uh, like Tony Baxter, uh, it's just and Joe Rohde, for example, you know, the, you know the guy with the earring. Everybody knows who that is. Um, he, those people's minds are just absolutely wild to me. Uh, just seeing all the, like how the 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 projects that go into the Disney parks start from a pen and paper and become a reality is so fascinating to me. I totally agree. One thing about the Imagineering story that I find fascinating also is just seeing the way all of this came to fruition. So, like, at the beginning, how there's no internet. Right. There's no, like, email. Right. Like, y just the way that they built these almost impossible, impossible magical worlds. And, like, like, kind of building off of what Danny just said, the, the fact that, you know, these attractions like Pirates of the Caribbean or the Haunted Mansion were built in the 50s and 60s. Unreal. Is wild with no internet, no 
uh, emails, no being able to, you know, send artwork somewhere or, you know, communicate quickly with somebody. Like just it happened in these rooms with these Imagineers. And it's just so impressive to see like how they invent technology and how they've just evolved over the last 50 or 60 years into arguably the 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 entertainment capital of the world. Right. And I don't know about you, but what I start to think of is if I've ever done like a group project yeah. and how sometimes it's impossible just to get everybody to do their part. <laughs> yeah. This like was the ultimate quintessential group project that everybody had to put their part in, but not just their part. Like they had to bring 200% to the table. Oh yeah. Because look at what they created. Pure Even brilliance. Pure brilliance. So Imagineering story, 100%, it will leave you wanting more. And this is a, a pretty decent amount of content, too. There's six episodes, but they're each almost an hour. And they dive into, like they said, almost all 12 Disney theme parks around the world. And the final episode actually dives into um, a little bit of, of Rise of the Resistance, the the wildly popular new theme park ride at Hollywood Studios right. and at Disneyland. Um, and it's just really amazing to see what kind of goes into that project from start to finish. And then it's got to be so rewarding for these guys to go through these rides and just see, like, you know, three or four years ago, what was just an idea is now just this absolutely fascinating thing. Yeah, you know? people are flocking to the what once used to be an it's idea. It's polarizing. Yeah, it's literally the Imagineering story. Yeah, so definitely check that out for sure. Like I said, six episodes, it's almost an hour each. So there's there's plenty of content there to binge. Now, the next thing that we're going to talk about is one that when they announced this, I was like, All right. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Sign me up. Sign me. (laughs) Life found a way. Yeah, it did. The world according to Jeff Goldblum. Yes. I am such a Jeff Goldblum fan. It is, I might be the biggest Jeff Goldblum fan on the entire planet. So I know that you are not one to pay for meet and greets. Uh, yeah, no, if, I'm definitely not. If there was one meet and greet that I could get you to pay for, I, this would be one of them. It would be Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. My favorite movie of all time is Jurassic Park, and that's the first time I ever saw and witnessed the magic that is Jeffrey Goldblum. And his portrayal of Ian Malcolm was just so amazing. And then just to see his career just kind of go crazy for the first couple of years between Jurassic Park and Independence Day. And then he kind of disappeared for a little while. And then he just became this cultural icon out of nowhere. I mean, he's fantastic in Thor. Yes. We just uh, watched Thor that. Ragnarok was amazing. Um, he's he's basically fantastic in life. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and read the details yeah, of this. Yeah, please do. In the world according to Jeff Goldblum, Jeff takes us on an entertaining, insightful, and playful ride. In each episode of this 12-part series, he pulls on the thread of a deceptively familiar object to unravel a world of astonishing connections and fascinating science and history. From sneakers, ice cream, coffee, and cosmetics to everything in between, Jeff uncovers how even the simplest things have incredible, sometimes whimsical, backstories. Through the prism of Jeff's curious and witty mind, nothing is as it seems. These modern marvels are so com- commonplace that we often take them for granted, but Jeff Goldblum does not. One of the coolest parts about this show is the fact that it is 12 episodes, like Danny said. I want more. But each of the 12 episodes focuses on one, I guess, item from life. And by that, I mean, you know, the first episode is about sneakers. So Jeff actually goes through 
like the history of sneakers and he goes to a sneaker factory and has sneakers custom made for him and it watches the process. goes to a sneaker convention. Exactly, exactly. We're not going to give away everything, but like... Right. But it's not just as it seems. And here's the thing. If you even like Jeff Goldblum a little bit, this is a much watch, must watch for you. However, if you are not a Jeff Goldblum fan, which I don't know it's, what it's is wrong with you, to not be. Um, then don't watch this because he is he, <laughs> he is, is go blooming. Yes, he is. <laughs> he is gold blooming at hundred and ten percent. Yeah, and just to name a few more of the items, we've got ice cream, we've got denim, we've got barbecue, we've got RVs. It's like the most random stuff in the world, but it's so cool to watch him kind of you know meet these people along the way of creating these episodes and watching them do their craft and watch his spin on watching it. It's really neat. I would strongly recommend The World According to Jeff Goldblum. I wish Jeff Goldblum was a teacher. Yes. I would take his class. Dude, he would be such an awesome college professor. He would. Professor Goldblum. Now, let me ask you, why did we put this on the list? Um because like you said at the beginning of this little segment here that once we saw it was announced we couldn't wait for it sure and it did not disappoint i was enthralled watching at least the first six episodes of the jeff goldblum series and uh he's he's just so polarizing he he does things in a way that no one else does on the entire planet and it's impossible not to fall in love with this guy one of the reasons i put this particular show on there aside from the things that you just said is because even if you take jeff goldblum out of the equation that this is such an interesting show yeah they hit you with so much in like interesting information and facts that i never would think of and then when you add the magic that is jeff goldblum you really really have a hit on your hands oh absolutely so the next one on our list is going to be a show called Prop Culture. Oh, I love that show. And this is one that I feel like was more tailored to you. As soon as you saw this, you were so excited about it. I was. And I really enjoyed this. I actually enjoyed this show a lot more than I thought. But let's go over the description first. Do you want to read it or you want me to? Sure. Yeah, I can I can read it. It's, uh, movie prop collector Dan Lanigan reunites iconic Disney movie props with the filmmakers, actors, and crew who created and used them in some of Disney's most beloved films. Throughout this journey, Dan will recover lost artifacts, visit private collections, and restore pieces from the Walt Disney archives to their original glory. That description alone, well, I was all in once I heard it, what it was. And then I, what I saw, the list of, of movies and TV shows and stuff that were going to be featured on prop culture, I was even more in. The cool thing about this is these are things that you don't think about, like pieces of different movies, things that you normally wouldn't be like, oh, I wonder who has this. Right. And, you know, I think that people put so much of their own heart and soul into these things that when they bring a little piece of it home, it just really means a lot to them. Yeah, there was pieces from, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean. There was pieces from The Nightmare Before Christmas and, and other iconic movies like Mary Poppins. Right. And it was just really neat to see um, people who had history with these with these pieces and people who are collecting these pieces all sort of come together as one and kind of appreciate each other's love for these things. Absolutely. Now, tell me, why did you like this show? Why is this on our list? I really liked the host, Dan. I thought he was a really genuinely cool guy. 
and uh, I thought he brought a lot of really good energy to the show, and you could tell he loved what he was doing, and he loved filming this show. So it kind of drew me in as I was watching him sort of go through these processes, and uh, just watching him and his love on screen was really, really rewarding. I absolutely agree with that. I think one of the things that drew me into the show was that it was another level of culture that we haven't seen in Disney. Right. And this was probably something that you might read about or you have to be following certain groups or in certain circles to know about this kind of stuff. And to really just put that in front of us and be like, hey, these things are important. They're part of history and they're part of what makes the magic. I really found that very cool in a way that I honestly didn't see myself, you know, being interested in. Yeah, for sure. But um, I absolutely think that prop culture is a show that you need to watch. One thing I do have to say about prop culture is you need to be paying attention. It's not one that you yeah, can have on in the background. Exactly. So you want to get the backstory. You want to have the backstory for that before they like bring out the props and they actually do like the, Hey, this is what this is. Because if you're not watching and paying attention for that one, you're, it's going to go over your head. That's a really good point. I, uh, I I do appreciate you bringing that up because that is very important when you're watching this show. It's definitely something you have to focus on and definitely not something like throwing the office on Netflix and it just kind of plays in the background. Who like does you, that? You, <laughs> us. <laughs> <laughs> um, you really do need to focus. But when you do focus, you appreciate how, how awesome of a show it actually is. So I actually want to skip the next one and okay. then come back to it because this is another one that you have to pay attention to. Yeah. To the point where one day I was trying to do something on my laptop and you paused and you were like, do you want me to wait for a second until you're ready to pay attention? I was like, oh yeah, I because I'm trying to multitask and I can't. And this show is The Mandalorian. The iconic Mandalorian. Now, for those of you who are listening and haven't watched this, yes, this is the, ch- the show with the child. With AKA Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. And there is a reason that everyone has fallen in love with this show. Now, First off, um, some people just know about Baby Yoda. So do we have a description for The Mandalorian? Yeah, absolutely. So the description on Disney Plus for The Mandalorian is very short. It's just after the fall of the Galactic Empire, lawlessness has spread throughout the galaxy. And so that is all the information that they give us because it's a very secretive operation. It's a very secretive show. I'm There's not okay a lot of spoilers. Yeah, exactly. There's not a lot of spoilers. It's filmed on a very closed set. For those of you who don't know anything behind the scenes, there's actually another Disney Plus series on Disney Plus that focuses on the behind the scenes of the Mandalorian stuff. And you can actually see how this is filmed and it's really impressive. And uh, we won't go into that because you guys can check that out as well. But um, everything was filmed on a closed set, closed stage. So there's very, very, very little information out there of what is happening in the show prior to its airing. Correct. Which is awesome. It's the best way to watch TV. So I'm going to go first on saying why I think this show should be on the list. Sure. Um, And Baby Yoda. (laughs) That's it. The the child. They knew what they were doing when they made him. Holy moly. <laughs> like literally I didn't so captivating. never have I ever had so many pieces of merch that <laughs> we purchased yep. so quickly. Yep. Like we we're not big collectors. No, well, we used to be, but not not so much anymore. But I mean, we don't like collect tons of popcorn buckets. We don't get every single, you know, 
every single Funko Pop that comes out. We, we don't, don't get every single set of mini ears that comes out. No, nobody does that. <laughs> hey, you, if you, I really did that, we'd be in big trouble. Yeah, that's, that's true. We'd be in serious debt. But um, no, with the baby Yoda stuff, the child stuff, we do have quite a few things with yeah. that of the child. We've got several different iterations of Funko Pops, including a 10-inch child. Yeah. We have a uh, a stuffed child. We have that sounds masks, really terrible. A stuffed child. Yeah, right. <laughs> that came out wrong. <laughs> um, we have a um, what's what's the like a stuffed animal version of of the child. Yes. With a, with a hard head. Yeah. Because he's adorable. <laughs> yes. Um, and then we have uh, child masks. We have, we have shirts. We have t-shirts. We have yeah. All different kinds of things because this character, you know, they did, like I said, Disney knew exactly what they were doing when they created the child and they knew he was going to be a pop culture icon. He really is. And the thing is, everybody wants to learn more about him. And every single week that we get more of the child, yep. um, Literally, you'll see the memes everywhere um, and the GIFs or the GIFs, excuse me, whichever side you're on. Now, tell me. I'm a GIF guy. I'm a GIF girl. Um, now, tell me, <laughs> tell me, why do you think this show should be on this list? Um, because every episode has been so widely watched by everybody and the anticipation of season two after season one ended almost a year ago. Uh, it's It was epic epic amount of you know anticipation for this show and when it came back everyone i know watched it and then episode two everyone i know watched it right and so it's it's become this again another cultural icon the mandalorian show and uh for the next six to eight weeks as it as it airs once a week on fridays it's uh it it, the world's gonna flock to watch it and that's why it has to be on our list you know what i just realized what's that i don't have any child ears Oh, dear. And I don't have any child earrings. Oh, dear. So we have a problem. Yes, we do. (laughs) So, but we're going to keep moving on so we can keep giving you awesome stuff to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. So the next one is actually very, very special to me. The Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom. This is a fairly new show on on Disney Plus, and it's it's quickly become one of my favorites. I was very surprised how much you actually enjoyed this. Well, I've always kind of liked the National Geographic style, like documentary animal stuff. And when you throw Disney in there, and again, like I said at the beginning of the show, I love behind the scenes park stuff. And so you get the National Geographic animal behind the scenes stuff, but then you also get how everything works between Animal Kingdom and the seas with Nemo and friends. And it's really neat to see all the amazing trainers, doctors, veterinarians, Imagineers, to see how everything works behind the scenes on this show. Yeah, um, let's give them the description. Sure. So, The Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom, narrated by Disney fan favorite Josh Gad, who's AKA also. Olaf. <laughs> and Disney loves Josh, Josh Gad. <laughs> and LeFou. Yes. Gives viewers an all-encompassing backstage pass to explore the magic behind two of the world's most beloved animal experiences, Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park and the seas with Nemo and friends at Epcot. Viewers get unprecedented access to the most rare and beautiful creatures on the planet and meet the animal care experts who have formed remarkable bonds with the park's 5,000-plus animals. So we're gonna, I'm going to stop the description there because yeah. it's very it long. It kind of goes into details. Now, tell me, why do you like this show? I think it's really cool, especially since you know one of the uh, the folks that are in the show. Shout out to Sh- Missy. Yeah, shout out to Missy. Uh, Missy is one of the 
the the head rock stars. the head folks over there at Animal Kingdom. Yes, and uh, it's really cool to see Danny kind of react to seeing a friend <laughs> on TV. Oh, it's Missy again. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's so cool. But you know the magic that Missy and her teammates do over there is just absolutely incredible. Just watching, like you you ever thought you'd see like a giant mammal get an X-ray or a giant mammal get a CAT scan, and how you would get that animal from a tank or um, an enclosure to the doctor's office to get that that procedure done. Right. It's so impressive to watch that happen. Absolutely. And you see a ton of that in the show. And one thing that I, like I said, this is very special to me. Um, we, we actually have another show called The Zookeeper's Voice. Yes. Um, we haven't been updating episodes as much because the zookeeping community has been having just as many issues with the pandemic. Right. So um, we do hope to get that up and running consistently soon. But if you don't know this about me, I actually um, have been working with animals since I was really young. And a lot of the things that I get to see are are things that I did in my career, whether it was, you know, taking care of the animals, doing training sessions, doing these kind of things. And a lot of times we watch it and I'll turn to Bill and be like, I used to do that. Yep. And for me, I think it is so, so, so important for people to see the way that animals in the care of man are really taken care of. Completely agree. Because a lot of times you have people who will, for some reason, or rather they've just don't know or don't understand, they go, I don't think animals should be uh, kept in captivity. Captivity is like a bad word. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll call it the C word. Yeah, the C word. (laughs) But a lot of people will say, I don't believe that. But most of the time, these people don't actually understand what kind of care these animals are getting. And it's tremendous care. They actually live better than most people do. <laughs> yes. and Especially in America. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> the thing is, um, a lot of zoos and aquariums are afraid of being so open and honest about these things mm-hmm. because they're afraid of backlash is my thought right and disney has done a fantastic job of just being like hey this is what happens and when something scary happens to an animal we take care of it or you know what animals need to continue to reproduce because their species is becoming extinct over here and they have just been so you know completely this is what is happening Um, everything's on the table that I think that whether or not you like zoos or aquariums, you have to watch it so you get a better understanding. And then you also can appreciate all the work that goes into it. Because a lot of people think it's easy to work with animals and it's just, it's very hard work. It's, you know, you're passionate about what you do. Not only is it a tremendous amount of effort that goes in behind the scenes to get these these things done but the most the one of the coolest parts about the show to me is when they are you know actively trying to help these endangered animals procreate right and i think that's one of the coolest things in the world where you've got these animals that are endangered and you know potentially going extinct in the near future which is really sad and these folks at at disney's animal kingdom are actively uh trying to you know find these animals matches so they can mate and you know like to extend the lives of these of these creatures and their 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 loved ones and it's so it's so cool to watch them just how how everything is done behind the scenes and just 
I can't recommend the show enough. Go watch it. Yeah, so definitely Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom. We hope to see more of this show. Um, and it's also cool. We actually, I love going to Animal Kingdom anyway, but the other day we went, we actually saw some of the animals yeah. that were featured in the show. And we didn't spend as much time as we probably could have at Animal Kingdom because they were closing a little bit early. But yeah. I would really love to go see if we can find these animals that are featured in the show and get to see them at Animal Kingdom, which is just another very, very cool thing to be able to do. Absolutely. Um, so the next one we have on our list is a uh, is one that I was a little, you know, kind of questioning when I saw that that uh, they were on Disney Plus and, and what's that and the fact that the entire basis of the brand new Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway was going to be based around this art style and this cartoon style are the Mickey Mouse shorts. Right. And I just at first glance, I did not like the way the characters looked. The specifically, animation, specifically Mickey who looked evil sometimes, which I've never seen Mickey evil in my entire life. Right. And then Goofy, who just looks like this yellow-eyed, I hate to say it, but he almost looks like he was on drugs or something. And I just did not like the animation style, and I was kind of boycotting it because of that. However, the writing on these on these shorts is incredible, and the comedy is fun. And there's one particular episode that you guys need to watch, and I think you should watch it first, to be honest with you, because this is my favorite, and it kind of made me sort of fall in love with the shorts. And it's an episode called Potato Land. <laughs> Potato Land. I do Potato love Land. Potato Land. Potato it, Land is amazing. I mean, I don't know if I, I... I do think they should watch Potato Land. I don't know if they should watch it first. Sure. I think that no matter what episode you start at, I think for me, I wanted to ease into being able to see all the characters look like that. Because yeah. at first I was like, this is not the Mickey I grew up with. It's also... It, it's kind of weird because they actually did use Bill Farmer, who actually appears on our list again. Uh, they did use Bill Farmer to voice Goofy, and they did use uh, Rusey Taylor to voice Minnie. Uh, unfortunately, she has since passed away. But they did not use the current voice of Mickey for everything else, who is Brett Iwan. Um, they actually used uh, Chris Diamantopoulos, who is uh, an actor who um, it sounds very different. But the reasoning, I guess, behind them using Chris was because his Mickey Mouse sounds like Walt's. So it's uh, because Walt's sounds very different than Brett's. So it's it was really interesting to hear um, how they you know how they came to that because the voice was kind of jarring. It sounded very different from the current day Mickey Mouse. Right now, what? Tell me why this made our list for you. So I, ever since Mickey Minnie's Runaway Railway opened, I've grown to appreciate these shorts a little bit more. Uh, they actually do have uh, a shorts theater at Hollywood Studios as well, uh, over by the, uh, to the left of the Hyperion Theater where the Frozen show is. And the chairs are actually shorts. Yes, <laughs> yes, the chairs are Mickey shorts. It's fantastic. It's a shorts theater. Yeah, <laughs> that's again, Imagineers are incredible people, right? Um, but you can go watch a park exclusive short that's sort of like a best of of the uh, of the Mickey Mouse shorts from the Disney Channel. And uh, I think it belongs on our list because I fell in love with that that episode, Potato Land, which is basically like uh, like a mock of Disneyland. And you'll get all the references if you're a Parks fan. And, uh, you know, strongly recommend. It's funny. It's cute. Sometimes the animation can be a little jarring. But, you know, if you can get past that, I think you'd really enjoy it. I totally agree. I was not really interested in watching the Mickey Mouse shorts until... 
we went on Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Yes. And the first time we went on it, I was like, oh, that was cute. And then, you know, we kept going on it. And the more we went on that ride, the more it has become one of my very favorite rides at Disney World. Absolutely. And I just, uh, I think that the more the shorts that I watched, the more I appreciate the animation style. So it took me and I think you also a little while to come around to the animation style, but it's definitely growing on me. And I also think that it just brings a whole new layer to the characters that we love. Totally. Uh, so the next one that's on our list is a very, very, very cute. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> cute is the best word I can think of to describe it. But uh, for those of you who have seen Toy Story 4, you know who Forky is. Yes. Forky is Bonnie's new toy that she made in class. He's a fork. She basically made him out of trash. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he is trash. Yes. (laughs) He says it himself. So he's he's trash. It's okay to say that. He says it himself. Um, But Forky ended up getting a new series of shorts on Disney Plus that are exclusive to Disney Plus called Forky Asks a Question. I don't know. I can't do it like my sister, Megan. Shout out to Megan. Once Megan's here, we're going to have to get her to record that just so we can have it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Forky asks a question. There's several episodes. I don't have the exact list in front of me, but I do have a couple of examples. But basically, the basis behind it is Forky literally asks a question, and then other Toy Story characters try to kind of explain the answer to him, and then he just still doesn't get it because he's silly. So things like... Uh, what is love? What is art? What is time? What is money? What is cheese? What is reading? What is a pet? What is a leader? And those are just a couple of the yeah. things that Forky, because he's new to the world and he's trash and he's confused, he's like, what is this? I don't know. So I'm going to find out. Right. Exactly. Now, why do you think this should be on our list? Uh, because they're funny. The, uh, the animation style is, is really great. It reminds you just of, of watching Toy Story. Um, there's comedy involved. Uh, Forky is way funnier than he should be as far as a character goes. Right. And they're only six minutes long. So there's a ton of them, and you can kind of binge them all in one sitting if you wanted to. Absolutely. And uh, strongly recommend. They're, they're fun. They're cute. And it's a, if you liked Toy Story 4 and you liked Forky, you'll definitely like this series. I definitely think this should be on the list just because of the humor. Um, it's just so pure and absolutely just on point that if you are in a bad mood, you could watch this and you could just absolutely you know, feel better afterwards just because it's so much fun. And it's just one of those things that you, know, you can watch really you know, for six minutes and walk away and feel better about life. And so I 100% recommend Forky asks a question. Absolutely. And the next one was a little bit of a surprise. I didn't actually expect to like this as much as I did and as strongly as I did. Now, again, I know we talk about my sister Megan a lot. Um, I have two sisters, Megan and Katie. Shout out to them and my mom. Love you guys. Um, But Megan has been telling me to listen to Hamilton for years. I can vouch for this because I was in Texas with them not that long, a couple years ago. And Megan was telling us to listen to it then. And I I listened to it and I was just like, no, it's a a rap about Alexander Hamilton. Which is really random. That sounds like, yeah, totally random. Sounds like fun if I really sat down and listened to the lyrics, but never really had any sort of interest in checking it out. And what one thing that I've realized is, first off, if you haven't figured it out, we're talking about Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. Hamilton. And the thing about Hamilton is we sat down and watched it um, the maybe the day after it came out, and it's a pretty long play. It is. It's a pretty long musical. 
And the first time we watched it, we watched it with the very first part without the closed captions. Yes. The second half we watched with the closed captions and we were like, oh, wow, this is... That was game changing. Yes, that was a lot. Well, we watched it again. And then for probably the next couple weeks, it was just 24-7 Hamilton. Man, when... I, I, I can't even describe how... 180 degree turn that I took on this show. Well, the first time we watched it, or maybe the second time, I started listening to it like every moment. Yeah. And I specifically remember you telling me, I don't understand how you listen to this like 24 seven. And I was like, but it's so good. And every time I listen to it, it's like, it's like Shrek said, it's like an onion. There's so many different <laughs> layers. It, it really is. And I told you that and you were like, okay. And I just figured I just found like another musical I really liked. Rent is one of my favorite musicals. And I just figured I had found another one I really, really liked. And then you came around. Man, I after we watched that second half with the closed captioning on, you really learned to appreciate the writing of Lin-Manuel Miranda. Unreal. And, and you see the, the words on screen and you hear it. And then... You, you sort of get into the beat and you you, you appreciate the rhyme schemes and the the wordplay. And after that, I wanted to watch it again. And the second viewing was really kind of what hooked me. You know, going through the entire story of Alexander Hamilton all the way to his death via Aaron Burr. No spoiler alert. It would happen like 300 years ago. Well, it's he says it in the very first song. Yeah, exactly. He even admitted to it. Aaron yeah. Burr says, I'm, I'm the fool who shot him. Right. But, now, yeah. I also think that one thing that you fell in love with, which I feel like you only listened to these parts for a while, was Jonathan Groff. Yeah. <laughs> so if you haven't seen Hamilton, you have to watch Hamilton just for Jonathan Groff's performances as oh King gosh. George III. Amazing. And uh, he has three different songs. And watching him visually is so much better than listening to the version that's on Spotify, which is amazing anyway. Right. But watching it visually and the lighting and his facial reactions and, of course, the iconic waterfall that comes out of his mouth. Oh, my gosh. Um, it is so much fun to watch King George, you know, sort of just be the, the antagonist of this whole situation absolutely now i'm i think that one of the biggest reasons first off that i think this should be on our list is one it's absolutely genius like i every single time i watch or listen i notice at least one new thing but even my sister says that she'll watch or listen and notice something even years later and she's been fan for at least three or four years that I know of. Right. And so the thing is, there's so much relatable stuff um, in like written in the songs. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, after watching it or listening to it a couple times, I would get all the way to the end and just sob because I just, just gives me all the feels. <laughs> You'd look at me again. You're, you're bawling your eyes out again at the <laughs> end. Yes. Yes, I oh, am. Man. Yeah. The end of the play. Every single time I look at her, it's just tears, <laughs> tears flowing down her face. Now tell me, why tears. do you think this should be on our list? Um, yeah, because it's iconic. It's it's already iconic. The second that it was on Disney Plus, it instantly became the most watched thing on Disney Plus. And Hamilton. Now I'm so sad because everything that's going on with the pandemic, you can't go to shows anymore. Oh my gosh. Um, as of right now, fingers crossed. As of right now, Hamilton is scheduled to come to Orlando in May. And 
I really, really want to go, and I never would have had interest in going without the version that's on Disney Plus. I don't know. So, I don't know how we would sit in a seat and not get up and dance. Oh, and I'd be dancing, or at least dance sitting. Dance every, sitting throughout yeah. the entire thing. The the problem is we have been so spoiled with getting the performances from this cast. Yes, the original that, cast. That it. I mean, it's always good when you see you know another another you know group of people do it. But man, is we have been spoiled with people like, you know, just the whole cast. I can't even name well, one of them. Well, three to name specifically is Lin-Manuel Miranda, who is the genius behind the whole damn thing. And he plays Alexander Hamilton. You got Jonathan Groff, like you mentioned, who is Kristoff from Frozen. And he puts on an incredible performance as King George. And then Christopher Jackson, who's amazing. And for those of you who didn't know, he's also Moana's father. And here's the thing also, the women in this show, they're, yes. they are, they're, their voices are all unreal. Oh man, this, the three Schuyler sisters are oh, absolutely incredible. So good. So Hamilton, I mean, we could stop right here yeah. with this list, but we are not going to stop right here. But Hamilton is a must. If you have not seen Hamilton, take the time to watch it. But pro tip, watch it with the closed captioning on because... You may think that you can catch everything without it, but it is so much easier to follow along with the story when you have it on, at least for the first time. Yes. And so I can tell you guys from firsthand that Hamilton, you know, I'm not a musical fan or I was never really a musical fan outside of Disney stuff that I knew most of the songs already. Like I had seen Lion King, I had seen Aladdin, I'd seen Lion King and, and uh, Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. And I love those shows. And I had never really had any sort of interest in going to see like the rents and the Phantom of the Operas and those kind of musicals. And so Hamilton really never really jumped out at me. But once I was able to see it and see the genius behind the writing and the visuals and the incredible choreography that's on the this amazing target stage. Oh my gosh. Um it, it completely hooked me and to the point where my Spotify, like a few weeks ago, there was a thing, there was like a trend going on on TikTok and a couple other things which you can follow us by on at Park Hopper's show on TikTok. We have over 6,000 followers now. 6,500 we just yeah, hit. that's crazy. Um, but there was a trend going on where you go into Spotify and it showed you like a list of like your most played stuff in the most recent things and like 90% of it was Hamilton. <laughs> it's it's so addicting and I it's so incredible. I had all Hamilton except for one song. Yeah. So yeah, that's, it's just wonderful and once can't you- Can't recommend it enough. You, you can't help but to fall in love with it. Absolutely. Now- we're going to move on from Hamilton. I yeah. know we don't have enough good things to say about Hamilton. But the next one is going to be another uh, another thing with some shorts, something you can ingest in tiny pieces. Absolutely. But One Day at Disney. So what is One Day at Disney? So One Day at Disney was originally intended to be a one-hour documentary where basically you, you were able to kind of peek behind the scenes and see how a bunch of different aspects of the Disney parks and the Walt Disney Company, even as far out as ESPN and ABC News, the Walt Disney Company works on a daily basis. And it was uh, it really intrigued me, just that hour-long documentary. And I didn't even know the shorts were coming. Right. But when we watched the documentary, I was like, oh, that was really good. That was awesome. And then all of a sudden, weekly, they've been releasing these one-day at Disney shorts of people that were not focused on in the documentary and it's just still going. There's like 45 episodes right now. It's so crazy. And there's only five, six, seven minutes for each one. So they're easily ingestible. And uh, it, it covers everything from a gentleman who dives into the, the, the water at Disneyland 
and cleans the attractions for the old 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea right. Finding Nemo attraction. He, he cleans the animatronics. And uh, it, it, then it goes into you know a play-by-play guy for ESPN. It goes into Robin Roberts. It gives you a day in the life of Bob Iger. Uh, it's it's really cool to see all these things and how the Walt Disney Company works on a daily basis. Right. So I'm going to read the description just yeah. so you guys can have a good idea. One Day at Disney is a documentary series highlighting the diverse group of people behind some of Disney's most magical stories. From the heart of the Disney parks to the streets of Madrid... Travel to the locations both near and far to meet the men and women who spend each day bringing magic to life in unique and exciting ways. And I think that describes it perfectly just because the thing that we don't realize is there's magic that we see in front of us. Mm -hmm. And then there's magic behind the magic. And then there's more magic who are making magic behind the magic. Like there's so many people who need are needed to create the magic and those people are the unsung heroes of the a whole operation is the ones that don't get the frontline credit it's like the animators in the back who make these iconic films right you know people like that it's just it's really cool to see them kind of getting a focus with a documentary like this that definitely caught my eye as soon as uh as soon as disney plus came out because the one hour documentary was on there at launch so uh, One Day at Disney, strongly recommend. I love the behind-the-scenes park stuff. I love behind-the-scenes everything. And uh, I just love seeing how you know the, the clock ticks. Why do you think this is a must-have on our list? Uh, there's so much of it. That one-hour documentary is really good. And then, like I said, there's, there's at least 40 to 45 episodes. It's been weekly since pretty much when Disney Plus launched, which was a year ago last week. Right. Um, and so there's so much of it, and you can you can skip certain things, you can watch every single one, but there's so much of it, and it's all so interesting to me. I think that's my reasoning, too. My reasoning actually behind it is so that you can actually have an appreciation with things that you don't even think about. Because right. Disney does such a great job of just being like, it's done, it's beautiful, it's magical, it takes no effort, but there's so much effort that goes into making the magic, and they just do a fantastic job of highlighting those magic makers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the next thing on our list was another, you know, you know me, behind-the-scenes Disney stuff. But when I saw, because I loved Frozen 2 so much, that when I saw this was coming out, and it wasn't just an hour-long documentary, it wasn't a, a couple of seven-minute shorts, it was a six-part series. And they were each episode was at least 30, 40 minutes. And it was called Into the Unknown, The Making of Frozen 2. And this felt like something you would see on like the Blu-ray extras on on the uh, on the discs, and uh, it just it was so good, it was so intriguing. And uh, Danny's going to read the uh, the description of this documentary. Yes. So with the clock ticking and less than a year until the world premiere of Frozen Two, the filmmakers, artists, songwriters, and cast open their doors to cameras for a six-part documentary series to reveal the hard work, heart and collaboration it takes to create one of the most highly anticipated films in Walt Disney Animation Studios' near century of movie making. For the first time, cameras were there to capture an eye-opening and at times, jaw-dropping, view of the challenges and breakthroughs, the artistry, creativity, and complexity of creating the number one animated feature of all time. Yeah, that, that's a perfect description. And just watching, it, it was it was almost nerve-wracking watching it. And because it would like, 
at the beginning of the description, it said there was less than a year until the premiere of Frozen 2 when they started filming this. Right. And seeing how much stuff still had to be done and how much stuff wasn't decided on and how many songs were potentially going to get cut from the movie. Right. It was just, it was really crazy, especially the animation stuff. The, anim- the animation stuff blew my mind. Right. Because these amazing, amazing, amazing animators that work for the Walt Disney Company work so hard on these these pieces and there's so many different assignments for so many different animators where it could take them like three or four weeks just to make four to five seconds of a movie of even like Elsa's hair yeah like it could be something intricate details yeah and the thing about this is we saw Frozen 2 and I did not expect for Disney to attack me like that because (laughs) I literally watched Frozen 2 and I, I can be a crier. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, f- I feel my emotions. Yeah. But Frozen 2 did Ooh. a really great job of Man. not just capturing the attention and love of the kids, but also, you know, just these storylines are things that are so relatable to oh, us, yeah. you know, even in our 20s, 30s, you know, things that you're going through in your life. And I just think that one, it was so relatable, but two, just seeing all of the work that it went into this literal masterpiece. Yes. I absolutely loved. And I highly recommend this. Here's the thing. If you don't like Frozen 2, I'm not going to be honest. You could either skip it if you don't really want to see it, or if you kind of want to see like, you know. How stuff works. I only kind of like, I kind of liked Frozen 2. I want to kind of see all the work that went behind it. Yeah. But if you're like, Absolutely not about Frozen 2. Unfortunately, I will say this is all Frozen 2. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then I'd strongly recommend watching Into the Unknown, making the Frozen 2, and then watching Frozen 2 again afterwards just right. to see all the little things that you saw in the documentary and realizing how much work went into those different things. Right. So tell me, why would you put this on our list? Uh, because it's a no-brainer. It's, it's one of the best behind-the-scenes documentaries I've ever seen Disney make. Uh, Six-part episode. Everyone in it was incredible. Just watching the voiceover artist, you know, you got to see, you know, Adina Menzel, you got to see Kristen Bell, you got to see Josh Gad, you know, Jonathan Groff, even guys like Sterling K. Brown, who's uh, one of your favorite folks from uh, This Is Us. Yes. Um, and just seeing these guys do their voiceover stuff was really neat. And then seeing all the animators working their butts off to get this stuff done in crunch time and seeing how close they were to, you know, the crunch time before they were finished with the film. Uh, I won't get into the any more details than that because you guys definitely need to watch it. But um, yeah, it belongs on our list because it's. I think it's one of the best documentaries that Disney's ever made. I absolutely agree. I think this also belongs on the list just because it gives you a whole new appreciation for a movie that we already appreciated. Absolutely. This is another one that after we saw the movie, the uh, the songs were on repeat oh, at our man. house. Especially oh. Show Yourself. Show Yourself is the best song in the soundtrack. It is. And I what you will find is it's bone chilling it almost didn't make the cut yeah but we're gonna we're gonna leave it at that we're gonna leave it at that and we're gonna move on to our next thing so this is all you here danny i know this one i had to put on because i really enjoyed it Mm -hmm. so the next one is high school musical the musical the series mouthful i love saying it because it's so much fun now high school musical the musical the series um the description is welcome to east high's First ever production of High School Musical, The Musical, where a new era of high school kids and their new drama teacher attempt to remake history on stage nearly 15 years after the Disney original movie was filmed there. 
Taking on the roles of Gabriella, Troy, and the rest of the original characters are Nini, a fresh rising star out of theater camp, Ricky, Nini's skateboarding ex-boyfriend who joins the theater department to win her back, EJ, and others. I'm, there's a whole list. But here's the thing, guys. This show was really lighthearted and fun. And the whole thought about it is behind is that they are remaking High School Musical, the musical, at the same high school that it was filmed at. It's so weird. It's so weird. So and inception-y. So I, like, what happened was somebody <laughs> said, oh my gosh, have you watched High School, the musical, the musical, the series? And I was like... The what? What <laughs> is the, that? <laughs> What on earth is that? And it's just, it's lighthearted. It's fun. Um, I insisted on putting this on the list because I definitely like something that you can put on and just... You know, not have to think very hard. <laughs> sure. Sometimes we have days where, you know, you come home and you're like, you know what? I don't want to necessarily watch a documentary. I want to watch Shut my brain down. Yeah. Mm. So I really enjoyed this. It was really easy to watch mm-hmm. and fun, fun music. And um, it, it kind of reminds me of old Disney Channel shows. So I think that's one thing I really liked about it. And from my understanding, it does have a season two coming out. Now, were there any you know original songs, or was it all kind of based on the original one with uh, Vanessa Hudgens? I believe there were a couple of original songs, okay. um, but most of them are. They do have a lot of you know the the songs from high school. The mu- high school. You, high, you can't even get it right. I can't even get it right. <laughs> so now I'm now I'm all my brain's all tangled. But they did have a lot of the original songs from High School Musical. And um, they did have some appearances from characters from high school. Oh, music, okay. High school musical. Uh, but if you are looking for something that just kind of passed the time, like I binge watched it when I was furloughed. And so, which by the way, I'm no longer furloughed, but um, I did binge watch that and it was very relaxing, very fun sure. and just lighthearted. And sometimes you need something lighthearted. So yeah. that's why it's on. That's why I wanted to put it on the list. Plus it's a Disney series, Disney plus original so i really like that it was something that was specific to disney plus totally and uh so we're we're winding down the episode here we've only got a couple more things to go over here but we've gone over so much stuff hopefully you guys check it out um definitely if you don't subscribe to disney plus it's the best 6.99 you'll spend a month and it's even cheaper if you buy the yearly subscription which i think we're gonna have to do yes for sure um so the next uh, item on our list is a very fun documentary series. It's not behind the scenes of the parks or anything like that, but it deals with one of Disney's most famous dogs, Goofy. Who and is it, a dog. <laughs> and his, yeah, right. And his voice, Bill Farmer, who is the host of uh, It's a Dog's Life with Bill Farmer. And Bill Farmer, like I said, the voice of Goofy, basically just goes around the country meeting dogs, doing incredible work. So the description is... As the iconic voice of Goofy and Pluto for more than 30 years, Disney legend Bill Farmer steps out from behind the microphone to meet his own favorite characters, dogs. Join Bill as he crosses across the country, meeting dogs doing incredible work. And so that's all we're going to tell you. But here's the thing. I'm going to tell you my reason that this is on the list. And it's just one word. Dogs. Yes. Yes. Dogs. Dogs with jobs. Yes. (laughs) Dogs with jobs. And so if you like dogs, then this is a show for you. For sure. Why is this on your list? Uh, Because when I saw the descriptions of some of the episodes, and we won't go into all of them, but, you know, there's some canine dogs. There's there's even a dog that sniffs whale poop for a living. Yeah. Um, That was just so interesting to me. And the fact that I love voiceover stuff and I love 
Bill Farmer as the voice of Goofy and just imagining him, you know, coming out of the booth and hearing his voice throughout the whole episode, but him being on it with dogs just seemed like a really fun combination to me. Right. And I didn't know what I was expecting going into it, but I found that I really did enjoy it. I did enjoy it too. Um, I hope that they continue this show because I think that there are a lot of jobs that dogs do tons, and people don't realize that dogs you know, have these jobs. And the other thing is some dogs are actually born and bred to need a job. Yeah. So it's not necessarily that we're making them work, but, um, so I'm a dog trainer and a lot of times I have people come in with dogs who have a very high drive and they become very destructive if you don't give them a job. Yeah. And so, um, that's not the case in this show, but it's a perfect example of being able to see dogs in their element working and honestly they're just making doggy magic absolutely now we got one last one now yeah go ahead i think we put this one on here in honor of the holidays yeah and we actually opened up with an instrumental from a song from this uh this film and uh because it is november 11th and it is christmas season here at walt disney world uh, i wanted to put olaf's frozen adventure on our list here now this wasn't a disney plus exclusive this was actually shown in theaters i can't remember what movie it was before it was coco right it was coco because they actually you. didn't think that coco was going to do as well as it did yes that's so, right that's so right. they actually put this 24 minutes <laughs> people were so mad <laughs> um they put that in front of it in the hopes that people would go and see Coco because they wanted to see Olaf's Frozen Adventure. And it was funny because after a while, I believe they took it. the opposite reaction. Yeah. People were like, "Uh, I don't want to watch a 30 minute like short movie. You you think about it, you go to see like a one o'clock movie, you get your 15 minutes of previews and then you got a 25 minute film before the movie you were going to see. Well, and the thing about this is for kids, like if you're going to the movies with a kid, yeah, doing Olaf's Frozen Adventure before Coco is a really long time in the movie yeah, theater. And, you know, kids movies usually tend to be a little bit shorter. Mm-hmm. So this just kind of backfired on them. Yeah. But the problem is it was so good. It was good. And uh, during this holiday season or any holiday season for that matter, I really do like the songs that they had in this this short film. Um, so let me read the description real quick. It is the first holiday season since the gates reopened, and Anna and Elsa host a celebration for all of Arendelle. When the townspeople unexpectedly leave early to enjoy their individual holiday customs, the, systems re- the sisters realize they have no family traditions of their own. So Olaf sets out to comb the kingdom to bring home the best traditions and save his first Christmas for his friends. So this is full of all sorts of fun and talking about traditions. And all things hot. And all things hot, sun <laughs> and summer. Um, but it ends with a, a song that oh. has definitely become iconic for yep. the holidays. And it was actually um, added to one of the more recent uh, shows for the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. Yes, yes, so it, was. it was. Mickey's so Wonderful good. Christmas Time Fireworks. Yes, so it um, also is in the uh, or a couple songs from this short film are in the holiday version of the Frozen Show at Hollywood Studios. Yes, and I can't wait to go see that yeah, again. Yeah, me too. But um, tell me, why do you think this needs to be on our list? Um, it's a fun little, it's a fun little short film. It's only about twenty five minutes. Uh, you get to hang out with your favorite characters from characters from Arendelle, especially Olaf, who is the star of this this short film. Anything Olaf does, I'm in. 
Right. You know, everything from him recanting Frozen 1 in Frozen 2 or to anything that Josh Gad is doing right now, he's recapping other movies. You know, anything that Olaf is in, I'm, I'm all in. Right. Um, and so this Olaf's Frozen adventure was a no-brainer for me. And the more I've seen it, the more I've enjoyed it. And the songs are iconic as well. I completely agree. I also think this is a must watch because it definitely gets you into the holiday spirit. Yes. Especially in a time where, you know, sometimes it can be a little hard to find, you know, a little bit of joy, a little bit of Christmas time. Uh, But I do think that this could get you in the mood to just, you know, feel kind of joyful and celebrate your loved ones and being together and you know i think that's really important right now absolutely and there's a uh, there's a song at the uh, t- towards the end of the movie called when we're together and that song is a tear jerker it's beautiful it is uh it, it's a beautiful beautifully written song and uh, it really does give you all the feels and especially if you're with your family that you don't see all that often, especially like for people like us, you yeah. know, your family lives in Texas. My family lives in Boston. Right. And you know that this song always gives me all different kinds of feelings when I, when I hear it just, you know, you know, wishing that we could all be together for the holidays. And it's, it's, um, it's emotional, but it's, it's beautiful at the same time. And, uh, I strongly recommend checking out the film. And guys, I hope you enjoyed our list of everything that you should watch on Disney+. Plus. Um, please make sure that you guys are staying safe, wear your masks, socially distance. Yes. And please enjoy all of the magic that we listed and hit us up. Let us know what you thought. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and now the Amazon Music app. Also, be sure to follow at Park Hopper Show on Instagram, Twitter, like a couple of park hoppers on Facebook and join the now over 6,500 people in climbing following us on TikTok. Again, keep an eye out on all of our social media platforms for information on how to participate in our bi-weekly contests. For easy access to all our content and to visit our merchandise store, visit a couple of parkhoppers.com. And until next time, we'll, we'll see, see you around, around the parks. parks.